0: Our guest today is Samantha Ng, founder and CEO at Brand Ng, LLC. Samantha is a graduate of Hofstra University with a Bachelor of Arts in Film and Production and a Masters in Journalism and Public Relations. Her background is in public relations, brand management, and brand visibility. Brand Ng offers a variety of services relating to brand visibility. Welcome to Be A Life Well Lived. You are invited to listen to the stories of people who could easily be a neighbor, friend, or family member, but you haven't met them yet. You haven't heard their story. Be inspired by their passion to pursue their dreams and join me on a journey to discover those whose influence on our world is a quiet yet supportive presence. Let's learn from each other as we all create our individual path to have lives that are well lived.
1: Hello, how are you? I'm good.
0: Well, first of all, it. <laughs> it's good to see you. How are you?
1: I know. I'm okay. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good.
0: Let's go ahead and jump jump into this because I know we're limited on time. Yeah. Interview time compared to everyone else.
1: <laughs> there you go. One of the things I wanted to say was that I rebranded in a way and so I'm focusing more on the business being a brand visibility and amplification agency versus brand management. It's still the same stuff, how does social media play and the marketing plan, like I do public relations and social media, so the ad, everything still is the same, it's just brand management in my field has to do with product. Okay. And I, I don't do any of the product anymore. I used to. I just don't anymore.
0: So are you focusing more on helping people with just the overall So the spiel that I of- give
1: is like I help brands, companies, and individuals gain exposure through owned and earned media. So owned being blog, social media, podcast, and then earn being public relations placements, TV appearances, magazine placements, radio, podcasts, but it's more about exposure and visibility versus managing the brand reputation. It's less about managing the brand and more so putting the brand out there. Someone else manages the brand that I work with to make sure the brand is consistent and cohesive, and I take that message and I put it out there. I no longer try to focus on the managing a brand,
0: okay. What caused you to make this change with your company? What what's the underlying reason that you had to do this?
1: So it was mostly because, well, not mostly. Like what I realized in doing it, because I used to do it from like concept to execution. My forte and my skill set is more so in execution and in exposure versus it is in management. Yes, I can do it, but it doesn't mean that I should do it. And the amount of energy that I was putting and spreading myself it's better to be more focused and to get the client like a higher return on their dollar through what comes natural to me is what I've been doing for over a decade so I eliminated that part and instead just leverage it to be better at the parts that I do do
0: okay if you could explain to our listeners on the podcast what brand management is because i'm sure there are people who are unfamiliar with the term brand management if you could explain to them what brand management is and how it could help a business
1: yeah so brand management more so is like the holistic view of everything so if the brand if there's a brand manager if there's someone that's managing the brand they're organizing everything from concepts to the planning and the execution and then like who their partners are. So, for example, a brand that is product based, a fashion accessories brand, a beverage brand, something like that. There is somebody there that focuses on maintain, maintaining the brand integrity. And I would say that's what brand management is maintaining brand integrity. They're the ones who police and pick the partners and make sure that it's represented correctly. So if they are looking to put their brand into cutlery or onto t-shirts, your brand manager manages the designer who is designing it. Your brand manager is the one who determines the publicist who will best represent and get the exposure for the brand. Your brand manager is the person who works with the CFO for cost and what budget it is. They're the ones who know all of the inner workings of the brand and which pieces to pull and to create the overarching thing. Like they they don't have that expertise. They're just the manager of the brand.
0: Okay, when it comes to what you're changing your company into to be more involved with brand visibility what do you see for you as a role as the main role to help businesses grow and thrive especially in the current COVID-19 market
1: of course so the way the way my role and the way that I have started to define it in this shift for me is my job is to gain you exposure what my goal is is to get more eyes more people in your funnel more people you know aware of your brand more people talking about your brand i want to invite the entire world to your party that's what i want to do you know the long-term effects of that is you know brand recognition brand reputation brand loyalty so if you have a brand and i'm doing an amazing job with engagement and community management You're going to have loyal followers and it's statistically proven that you actually sell more loyal followers versus new people so that is something i keep in mind when i'm thinking about visibility i don't just want to bring 100 people to the party i want to bring 100 loyalists to the party that are going to consistently buy and interact and communicate and support and promote your brand my goal is to make brand advocates that's another thing that i do like influencers that Love your product and we for you. One of the, you know, slides and one of the presentations that I give to a lot of masterminds is that publicity is when someone says you're good. Like advertising is when you say you're good, you know, and publicity is when someone else says you're good. Why I focus on visibility and amplification.
0: What role does social media play in a visibility plan for a business?
1: So social media is... Integral now. It is so multifaceted because social media helps to gain exposure. It allows you to put out content there and make it accessible to the masses. But further, it allows you to deepen a relationship with somebody um, that is interested in your brand uh, through amazing customer service, through strategic brand messaging, where you're providing content where the user can then feel connected to it, have an emotional connection to it. There is paid social media and there is organic social media. So, you know, like everything else, when it comes to visibility, there is paid and organic, but social media is accessible way. You know, through groups and communities, you can create these loyalists that participate in conversations. It eliminates the middleman. You're going directly to the consumer in that specific platform.
0: Some people think that print ads for business are going the way of the dinosaur in terms of the fact that there's better and new marketing schemes that are currently out there. What ad schemes do you see coming into focus in the near future for print and online media?
1: So I commend the publishing industry for attempting to pivot as quickly as they have been. uh, with COVID right now, we are relying on news, and we have now put an emphasis on sharing news and making sure we are all aware of what's going on. If we thought that journalism was dying, this was a wake up call. Like, we all need to be connected. We need trusted advisors and trusted people to speak and give us all of the information. We need those journalists with journalistic integrity to give us that information. And while, you know, we've seen page counts go down on printed magazines, publications are flipping it. They are going digital. They are still printing the beautiful glossy ads, but now they're available on your iPad. I think the ad plans that they offer to people will change because in my experience, I've seen them grow. You're not just buying a print ad anymore. You are buying a print ad, a social media placement, a story, a banner ad on the website, you are buying such large ad campaign packages Um, and thinking about it from like a full 360 view, how are we going to work with our customer It's no longer the image on the newsstand, which I, I think is fantastic. We have, the publishing industry has risen to the challenge and I'm proud to see that, you know, they've been saying publishing is dying for the last decade.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think consumers have realized that everything is changing. And you're right. We do pull up magazines on our iPads and our on our iPhones. We are reading the newspaper on our Kindle. Everything has okay. changed in the last, I would say in the last five years, definitely. It's it's a different world out there and the opportunities that come with it are amazing for startups. It's not okay. what it used to be where you had to have the full brick and mortar office publishing company to get anything out on the streets now people are doing things from their desktop you know in the kitchen counter it's it's really Mm -hmm. great all the changes that have taken place i'm curious what you think some of the skill sets are that are needed to do a good job for the type of job that you do What do you find in your repertoire that you rely on to help you be a good brand manager and to do a good job with marketing businesses?
1: You know, I think the best marketers, I think the best publicists, I think the best social media strategists are able to step back and see how their vertical works in the larger picture. We are siloed sometimes in our our teams, You know, you have the person that manages social, but knowing that brand visibility is multiple components, shared, owned, earned, and paid media that all work together in a Venn diagram to find that sweet spot. The ability to step back and strategically have them all running at one time is what makes someone like me succeed. Because we are able to think, okay, this didn't work, I have to try this. And if this didn't work, I have to try this. Or if this is working, what can I do to add to the perfect storm to get more visibility? And if you're so focused on one thing and not able to step back, you'll never be able to assess, reassess, pivot, and do everything on a, you know, you have to switch quickly in our industry. Social media puts it out, you have 24 hours on certain things to be like, did it succeed or did it not? So, you know, you have to be quick and you have to be able to look at the whole picture.
0: I know that you're a small business owner and that you have had to focus on growing your business and making connections so that you can help your clients. What role does networking play for you in not only growing your business, but helping you make the connections that are needed so that you can provide a good visibility product for your clients
1: so as a former publicist um you know and again i do brand visibility the total scope but connections network is everything i would say candidly that my business is where it's at because of the relationships i've made over the past two decades If it wasn't for the networking and the investing in my relationships, I would not be where I am today. I would not have the mentors, the clients, the colleagues, the consultants, the independent contractors that I do now. So it is an integral part of my business. It is networking is something I do every day. And I challenge myself, especially during these crazy times to try to cultivate relationships, even if we can't do it in person.
0: What do you think the most challenging thing has been in regards to your career?
1: Oh, challenging thing. I mean, we're going to talk about it from a societal standpoint, being a minority female. I'm not going to, you know, say that wasn't hard. It's challenging knowing that every day it's different, it's challenging to know that the current app is not the next greatest app. That tomorrow someone can come up with something better and I have to learn that. Yeah. You know, so you're, you're trying to get in front of the curve. And that's like what our goal is. We want to be in front of the curve, but how are you in front of the curve when you don't know what the next app is that is going to blow the world away? You know, it's an interesting thing. It's a constant game from a professional standpoint and then from a personal standpoint, you know, being a, biracial female in an industry, you know, marketing can be very male dominated. You know, every every industry has its stereotypes and every industry has its hurdles. And I've had to overcome them. I've had to, you know, just rely on my intelligence, my skill set, and my savvy. I'm proud of how far I've come. It's definitely something worth celebrating.
0: If you could go back in time to when you were first graduating college and give yourself a piece of advice about what you were heading into with your career. What would that piece of advice be?
1: Trust yourself. It will make sense. I graduated with a bachelor's in film studies and a minor in creative writing in English and screenplay. I I thought I was going to make movies and then I I ended up being working as a publicist and going back for my master's in journalism. To this day, I laugh at me 10 to 15 because I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep going. And if I go back and tell or encourage that 20 something year old who started, I would say, keep going because it'll make sense at the end. My background is what makes me different in my business and what I'm able to offer. I can speak to a graphic designer, I can write like a copywriter. These are some things that some you know, people in my field don't have and I just did it because I loved it and all of a sudden I was able to make a career out of it. So yeah, trust yourself Samantha, 20 year old Samantha, trust yourself and just keep going forward doing what you love it'll pay off. Don't, don't wonder if your parents wasted money on the college education.
0: (laughs) Do you consider yourself to be a fearless woman? Because it sounds like you're willing to jump into things, learn new things and try new things and put the effort into it to be good at it. Do you consider yourself to be fearless?
1: You know, when you you say fearless like that, it makes me feel like a superhero. Um, (laughs) it does it's a wonderful thing to even consider that i am a fearless woman um i appreciate you even saying that given my story just now you think that i am but i guess yeah i would say i'm fearless i used to say to people that or to my my interns or to you know people that i worked with say yes we'll figure it out we will figure it out i never no wasn't something i said often when it came to my career because I knew I was intelligent enough. I knew I was savvy enough that I could do it. You know, I might've been scared out of my mind, but no one else knew but me.
0: <laughs> well, I find in life that when the opportunities present themselves, you have to jump on that opportunity because it may not come back around again. And if it does, it may be years in the future. And do you find that that's part of the reason that you were willing to jump on things and take those type of risks?
1: Yeah, I mean, if fate is bringing it to you, there's a reason. There's a reason certain opportunities, certain connections, certain things are there in front of you when they are. There's a reason that there is a larger path. You have to jump on it. If it's glaring in your face, I say go for it. What's the worst that could happen?
0: It sounds like you don't have a fear of failure as much as you have a Willingness to do what it takes to succeed. And that's the recipe to do great things and to move forward in life. Does that sound accurate?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I would do what it takes if I had to learn something. I mean, I don't know how many people would further educate themselves on design programs or take the time to learn how to source things in Italy just because it made my job as a publicist or as a brand or like a brand. You know, manager easier. I didn't have a fear of failing. I had a fear of like, a fear of missing out, a fear of a missed opportunity, if anything. I've learned from my failures. I've had some great lessons from it that have helped me succeed in the future.
0: In terms of your family life growing up, what values did, do you feel like your parents instilled in you? that have helped you to be successful in life and in your career?
1: You know, I want to say that my parents said I could do anything. They did, but it it was with context. I didn't have these flighty dreams where I was like, I could be fly. You know, it was always like, okay, you could do this. You could do anything you put your mind to, but you have to put your mind to it. So I knew that anything was possible, I had to put the work to it, I had to put the education to it. The journey and the end goal were presented to me. It wasn't just pipe dreams and I appreciate that about my parents, I don't think my work ethic or my my due diligence, you know, I'm extremely passionate and extremely driven, you know, I know it's possible, I just have to figure out how to get there.
0: For them, it was a lot about not only hard work, but having a plan of action for that hard work to get you to an end goal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. they, They were smart about it. Great. What
0: type of people inspire you, Samantha?
1: The women and the people that have a dream and aren't afraid to go for it while maintaining kindness. I think that is... Huge, you know. Coming from fashion, you can definitely see when people climb to the top over other people, and Mm -hmm. the horrible stereotype in our—not a stereotype, the horrible like thing that happens in our industry. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it's rumored too. Mm -hmm. But the ones that are able to do with kindness, and the ones that raise people up with them, I think those are the most inspirational people. Those are the ones that I have modeled my career after. Those are the ones I admire. Those are the people that I want around me. I
0: completely agree with that. I think some people see success as the end goal and they don't realize that character and integrity is a bigger goal and a bigger aspiration sometimes than just achieving financial or or public level of success with their lives or their careers. I think it it makes a difference in the type of people that you end up being surrounded by. If you're a person of integrity, you're going to look for people who are also people of great integrity to surround yourself with. Do you feel like Mm -hmm. you've been able to accomplish that with your career in your networking, finding people that you feel like you can trust and that not only do a good job at what they do, but in the end, you feel like you can trust them with your career. Because basically, as a business owner, you're putting your life in other people's hands when you work with them, because if they have a bad reputation, it's going to come back on you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's an uphill battle in that case. You know, I want to say that I the people that have stayed with me are ones that have been hand-selected, that we have values that align. But I'm not naive in thinking that there are not going to be people that I'm coming and crossing paths with that, you know, that don't uphold those values. So it's been a curated journey. I've gotten my group. I've gotten my tribe. And that's that's all that matters.
0: Yeah. What do you feel is one of the greatest life lessons that you have learned to date? Not necessarily in a business aspect, but maybe in a personal Way. I stumped you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to th- I know. I think the best lesson, I'll actually give the one that I gave to someone I was working with yesterday. I was trying to help them guide through his career. And I said if you go somewhere and you're not, and you're uncomfortable, you're in the right spot. You are challenging yourself. You are, if you're a little bit afraid, if you're a little bit nervous. You're in the right spot. Those aren't, you know, those emotions and those feelings, that adrenaline that we've categorized it as anxiety or we've categorized it as, you know, and I'm not not downplaying anxiety or anything like that, but that little rush that you get that you might be like, it's nerves or fear, lean into it. (laughs) I know, you found a person, sorry. That is Um, We love our fur babies. <laughs> yeah, this is my fur baby. He's the best. Yeah, I would say it has to definitely do with that adrenaline and that little piece. Like, don't fear it. Lean into it and realize that, like, with discomfort comes growth. That's definitely um, something I tell people. If you're the pain, the nerves, that's all something that's just telling you, like, you're growing. Yeah. Don't fear it.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people are afraid of things that are different. I think that's why we cling to familiar so tightly in our lives. Yeah. And I think there's a place for for familiar. I think familiar is good to have in your personal life to be your rock, to be your foundation and to keep you solid. But when it comes to a career, You have to reach out into the unfamiliar in order to grow. And I completely agree with you that it's those uncomfortable places that we find ourselves in where we are able to have the most growth and not necessarily always have great achievements. Sometimes growth is figuring out what your limitations are. For you, you've been doing brand management for your career, as you mentioned, and you realized that there were some... Places in that you were not best suited for, I would say. Maybe, um, maybe another yeah. way to say it, it wasn't would be, my passion. It wasn't your passion, much. and so you've had to make some adjustments in what you're doing. But you never would have realized that if you hadn't stretched out and dabbled in some of those things, tried some of those things for a while. I found over the course of my career. That there are things that I'm really good at and there's things that I'm not good at. And I need to leave the things that I'm not good at once I've tried it and realized it's not a strength, leave that to the people that that's their strength and focus on the things that are my strengths. But I think too, part of, yeah, part of growth is taking our strengths and learning how to morph them into other areas and so I guess a question Uh I would have for you is what do you consider to be in the business world one of your greatest strengths
1: oh I'm a communicator I am super um I I, when I am at my best and I know that I'm having like uh, I'm like this relationship or this um deal is going really really well I know it's because I was very clear in communication. I had open communication, open dialogue. That has been my superpower. Was my ability? I don't have. An, I don't have an enemy. Somebody out there. I want to talk to. I want to get to know. I want to hear your story, and then figure it out from there. I've made relationships and connections that haven't come into play for five years, for ten years, and then I'm like, oh hey, yeah, you remember that time when we were standing online at a amusement park? Remember me? Yeah. True,
0: it happens. Oh, that's great. I love it. Do you find yourself to be one of those type of people that you process things out loud? Or do you process internally and then communicate what you want to people? I know that's kind of an odd question, but I've... I've I found some information recently. The reason I'm asking is I found some information recently that there are some people who don't have an inner voice and there are people who do. And I'm kind of curious if you feel like you are good at communicating because you maybe have an inner, inner voice and you have a constant dialogue going on inside of you all of the time.
1: Yeah, I would say that there is always a constant dialogue going in my head of the things that I should do with this, that, ideas, and my mind is constantly spinning. In recent years and recent months, I've actually started to talk out loud and have the conversation, like an out loud conversation with the inner dialogue. And I know that right now there's a lot of talk about mental health and limiting beliefs. I think that is why it's important to, you know, you can't always have the conversation internally. Sometimes you have to be able to speak externally, just like Take a stand to show strength, to show courage. And that's when I speak out loud. When I'm like, no, this is, this, it's a more, speaking out loud is a more a firm tone of voice, whereas there's a conversation in the inner dialogue.
0: You mentioned that you feel like being a female and being a minority has, I won't say negatively affected you, but in some ways it has limited you. Can you talk just a little bit about? what you feel those limitations are because not everybody the reason I'm asking is because not everybody has experienced life through your eyes mm-hmm. I'm interested to know if you feel some of the things you've experienced are specific to your career if some of your experiences are just a product of how the business world works in general.
1: You know, I, I think it's easier to approach it from general perspective um, versus a vertical since I've expanded it so drastically. But um, I will say, I will preface what I'm about to say and the things that have been told to me as things that would hold me back were told to me earlier in my career. And since then, I've become deaf to them. Yeah. So I have, I don't focus on them. People will be like, oh, you know, you overcame this. And I'm like, I did because I have become so deaf to these hurdles because I didn't, I knew if I paid attention to them that they would stop me. Like early in my career, I had someone who told me that I would never be more than a secretary. I was a female, my job, I was gonna get married and have kids and that was gonna be it. I didn't need to go and get my masters. like. What's the point? You're just gonna be an assistant for the rest of your life. I was told because I was Asian, I'm 50% Asian, that I would not be good at putting myself out there. That I was gonna be quiet and reserved and I should probably do something financial related or data related. Um, Because I'm half Latin, I was told I wasn't smart. Like, just plain and simple, you are not smart enough to do this. There are so many, I mean, I was told that I would, I I worked in fashion. I'm five foot 10 and I am a curvy Latina girl. They told me I wouldn't make it because of that. Like, <laughs> there are there are so many things that like, sometimes I think that they just tell you them, like all these different things they have to, because there's a point when you just stop listening. And I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna listen anymore because these are things I can't change. I can't change that I'm female. I can't change that I'm biracial. I can't change that I'm half with Asian and Latina descent. So I'm gonna stop listening to you because if I look back, and I carry that I'm never getting anywhere but those saying it out those are harsh. those are hard things to hear yeah It's interesting It's interesting you heard them secondhand That was worse.
0: Yeah well you know it's interesting hearing you say that because after 30 years in the engineering field, I'm remembering back as I'm hearing you talk about a professor in college, that one of my friends and I went to him for help on an assignment and he looked us straight in the faces and said, I don't know why you're in here getting help. You're just going to end up getting married and having kids and you won't do anything with your degree anyway. (laughs) And those words, you're like, yeah. And so I think people have their own perceptions and ideas about what the world is like. And we almost have to fight our way through their perceptions to make a place for ourselves. It's wonderful that in in a way, it's wonderful to hear you say these things, because I think anyone who has fought through to have any level of success has had to fight that battle of not letting the flies that buzz around and get in your face be a distraction for what you're trying to accomplish.
1: Absolutely. There is you know you have to believe in yourself you have to put aside the naysayers there's just no way of succeeding otherwise
0: yeah um i'm going to ask you to leave us with a final thought for anyone who's listening that is interested in a career path similar to what you are currently doing what advice would you give to them in terms of a background in education or even early career job avenues that could help them get to where you're at?
1: So I would say that brand visibility and brand awareness is that of opportunity. It's about, about creating those opportunities. So. If you're looking to get into this field, if you're looking to pursue a career that is focused in identifying and chasing opportunities, you have to, you know, put your money where your about this You have to be willing to chase it. You have to be willing to work for it. You have to be willing to embrace this business and in this lifestyle because opportunities like we talked, opportunities don't present themselves very easily. and. To miss it in this line of work is it can be detrimental. So, like I'm saying, as the you know a young person, as a young you know college graduate, if you're looking to get into it, jump on the opportunity. Say yes, Sam.
0: That's really great advice. Young people need to believe in themselves and take the risk, take the opportunity, and then just see what comes of it. I know that we're out of time, and you need to go. Thank you so much for being with me today and for sharing your story. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: you have a great day. Bye, Sam. Thank you, Samantha, for joining us today and for speaking with everyone about marketing and brand management. For more information about Samantha, you can find her on our website, SamanthaIng.com. For more information about this podcast and our guests, you can go to BeAlifeWellLived.com.